Mel, welcome back to the studio. Hola, thanks for Hola. having me. <laughs> you seem to get higher and higher pitched every time you do that. Sorry. That's the right. Ola or the thanks for having me? Yeah, it, all of it. Maybe it's the anxiety around the fact that I'm still coming back in here. <laughs> yeah, correct. I wasn't real happy that you were coming from Shepparton. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. No social distancing yes. for the win. Yeah, we will, we're, we're <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> yeah. I won't make reference to the fact that you came from a different place to this, this place. This is considered essential. It is. Well, we're here for the people right now, So, and I'm within a far enough proximity from you that I deem it okay. It's become obvious to me that there's a few essential things in life. Apparently, freezers, microwaves, and punching sideways. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. That's all there is. Freezers, you reckon? Yeah, I can I can guarantee that one. <laughs> oh, because you work in the industry. Yeah. I get it. Demel. Yeah, yeah Demel. Come yeah, on. Come on, <laughs> That's my new nickname. So you've got me in here again. This time, this is a guy that interests me a little bit, Chris Miller. Well, I hope he does because you know him and I don't <laughs> at this point. So. Yeah. so I had a little bit of a hand in this one. I suggested that we get Chris Miller in. He's a super cool dude. He's got a big kick-ass beard, which that's a tick in my box. That's reason enough at least for one interview. Yeah, and he does this cool thing at the moment, which Josh is very, very necessary at the moment as a new platform, and it was an old platform for him. He Twitch streams all his music. From what I've seen of his work and from what you've described, he's doing it at a really high level, which we will hopefully dig into today with Chris. Level expert. Expert level. Expert level. Right. Well, it is a gaming platform, Twitch, so that's probably exactly how they describe it. exactly why I was um, <laughs> going down that lane. And, yeah, he's been working on his craft for a long time and um, you should get to know him a little bit because he's got a wealth of knowledge. Right. Well, we'll jump in with Chris. I've heard he's a champion guy and obviously a very talented dude. Yep. So I've been looking forward to this one for a while. He's checked up, so it's in your lane. Yeah. And from what I've heard, he writes a decent song too, so that's definitely down my lane too. Punchingsideways.com. And producer Mel. And buy me a fucking coffee. That's not what the website's called. <laughs> <laughs> Buymeacoffee.com slash Joshua C. Listed. I mean, you can try it if you're at home right now and you type that in. See if that goes somewhere. It's the only thing I've got going on life at the moment is buy me a coffee. You've had enough coffee. <laughs> right. This is Chris Miller. Thanks to everyone listening. And share this one around if you like it, because I'm pretty sure that Chris and us, we'd all appreciate that. For sure. So C. Miller Music, was it on Instagram? Who is this other C. Miller Music? Are they a Chris Miller Music? Because I noticed that you've got the underscore AU. And did you do yeah. it? Did you do any investigation in, into who that is? Look, I um originally it's funny. Originally I had a my username was static. And it was a bit of a running joke for a while because my microphone sucked that bad that there was static in the background. So it became a bit of a laughing joke between me and my gaming friends that that was my my gamer tag. And uh, when I first started doing things online like music and stuff. My name originally was Static, and then I thought, no, I have to make this easier for people to find, right? 
so I changed it to C Miller Music, and I, it was very difficult to to get any sort of variation of Chris Miller, you know, C Miller, C Miller Music, whatever it may be. There was lots of the same. You know, I couldn't get the same username across multiple social medias. So Twitter and Instagram has the underscore AU, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think that – well, I'm not sure if Joshua Liston is all that common a name, but I chose yeah. Joshua C. Liston, which is my full name. And when I've yep. been interviewed by people that don't really look at my last name for whatever reason, or I, I quite often get called Joshua Cliston. <laughs> so that didn't really work for me either. <laughs> See, I was thinking that your nickname was Static because that's what your career was like before you got onto Twitch. And not. Yeah, no. I could relate. I could call myself Static right now, too. Nodding in agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all just nodding. Yeah. Well, we, we, we went there, no, so let's go there. Let's talk Twitch, man. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch. You, how did you get on to Twitch? So for anyone at home, how would you – because it's not a – it's becoming more of a platform now, I would say, now that we're all in lockdown. But before that sort of happened, you were a bit of a, a revolutionary type dude around the Albury-Wodonga area. So tell us, for people at home who don't know what it is, what is it? So Twitch – the easiest way I can put it for people who don't understand what Twitch is is think of Facebook Live. So people have been seeing a lot of Facebook Live, obviously, with musicians and stuff. But um, Twitch.tv is a streaming platform specifically designed for live streaming. So it's got much better uh, quality audio and and video, um, and the streaming service is much more stable compared to something like a Facebook Live, which you know downgrades the quality. But uh, Twitch is primarily for gamers who stream gaming. But there is definitely a very strong music and performing arts category or movement um, with on, on Twitch um, that is just a phenomenal, phenomenal community. Um, so much respect for each other, so much support for each other. It's very akin to Aubrey Wodonga in terms of, you know, all the love and support that everybody gives each other. Twitch is very much like that but on a global scale. So one thing that I've always wondered about Twitch was the lineage of that company was in gaming. But Correct. what what was it about that platform or the tools that they offered that had the music community embrace it to a level where things like Facebook Live and YouTube, before that, which you would say is probably a more sophisticated platform than Facebook Live, what is mm-hmm. it about Twitch that is like on both sides, on the artist side and the you know the the fan side? What is it that's so special about it? Because that's it seems like it was the least music-oriented as far as their own marketing. Like they weren't Correct. promising the world like YouTube, put your stuff here no. and we'll make you famous, but they seem to be doing the highest quality stuff and offering tools that I'm assuming are better. So there's a number of things. So the, first of all, there's a tech side and then there's also a, a monetary side. Um, so the tech side of things is there's a lot more third-party stuff that works with on, like on Twitch. So for instance... You know, artists that played on Facebook Live understand that when people are doing requests, sometimes it can be difficult in terms of not understanding, you know, like, do I know that song? Um, You know, people out there listening don't know what songs I know. On Twitch, however, there's plugins and we call them bots because they're literally just like a little bot that sits in the background. And you can do commands and stuff within my Twitch channel. So, for instance, if you do exclamation point SL, which stands for song list, it gives up a link that says, here are all the songs I know. Have a look. 
And then people can click on that link, have a look at all my different songs. And if they like a song and want to hear me play it, they can come back to my chat and type in exclamation point SR, which stands for song request and the name of the song. And it will automatically place that song into a queue. So I can keep track of what songs are requesting. So I, I play for about three and a half to four hours per stream. And I, I pretty much don't pick the songs I play the entire time. My chat does. I don't, I don't do anything other than I see the queue, they put the song in, and then I just play a song that's in the queue and go through it through that whole night. <laughs> right. I'm kind of blown away by that because that is that's not really cool. like just seeing chunks of it. Hey, yep. I had no idea that you were performing for that kind of length of time. Like That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But were they co-opted tools that were being used for something else by gamers or has Twitch actually rolled out that functionality for artists? No, they're, they're, they're third-party bots. So there's, there's many different ones that do different things. So, for instance, I've got another one that's called Nightbot, and that's the biggest one in the world. For Twitch, it also hooks up to YouTube and Mixer and a bunch of different other streaming platforms. But, but simply things like I can put in my own custom commands. So I can put in – I've got one that's called socials. So if someone types in exclamation point socials, it'll give them a link that gives them takes them to all my social media platforms. It will also give them like there's many, many custom commands and then there's ones that are on timers that every now and again it just pops up and says, hey, if you like the channel, make sure to give them a follow or hey, Chris has a new single coming out. You can pre-save it here. Like it's just – it's almost like it gives calls to actions or I can make – things for my community that just make it easier. So, and same questions like, oh, Chris, where do you live? And someone can just go location, exclamation point location. It comes up saying Chris lives in a place called Orudonga on the border of New South Wales, Victoria. You know what I mean? Like it's just very, makes things flow a bit easier. And I guess that takes the workload off you, hey. Absolutely. In real time having to answer, but also answering things that may wear you down over time if you get a thousand people over the course of a few months asking where you live. Exactly. But also on the, same th- on the same side of that with Twitch, you've got these things called moderators. So for instance, let's say I'm streaming and, and yourself and Mel are my moderators. You are given extra t- tools that you can then help me run my stream. So things like, let's say somebody comes in and be- is being a troll, is saying some nasty things. Rather than me having to stop my performance and deal with that person, my moderators in my channel can just ban that person and remove them from my channel for me. So they can almost like look after the channel while I'm doing things so I don't have to, you know, take my time out of giving the community what they like and want because there's other people there that can help me do certain things and they're giving their special tools and things. That's awesome. You've got your own little gang in the background, your security gang. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like having an inner fan club or the modern yeah. modern version of a street team, but they've got well, a set it, of tools. It's that like they can a use. it's like a business. So if you consider it like a business, it's like like employees that are working on the front desk to make sure that people that come in behave themselves essentially. And and you can you can you can increase or decrease that level of scrutiny. Like some streamers have PG streams, so no swearing, no anything like that. I want a purely family friendly. If somebody comes in that's not family friendly they may get a warning and then they might get timed out for a while or something like that just to just to keep everything on the up and up do you have how many of them do you have do you have many um i've probably got i think i've got about half dozen yeah um and they're not all of them are on at the same time so they might i might only have three or four on at one time or i might only have two sometimes i've got all six so it just depends because they're all they're all over the world so i've got one from um, Denmark, one from New Zealand, one from Australia, one from Germany, one from America. So no matter what time I play at, I'm always going to have a moderator in my channel to help me. 
I guess, just in case we didn't cover off on it, can you just describe, Chris, just give an approximation of the general style maybe of music that you play, but how that transitions over to Twitch particularly, that it's maybe, you know, has it evolved or morphed or are you doing things that are kind of complementary to the platform that have come into the music as well? Because Mel was mentioning that you're using uh, some loopers and that sort of stuff. Is that something Mm -hmm. that you have dived deeper into? Because, I mean, that sort of – I'm assuming there's an overhead angle when you're doing all of that sort of stuff or some other kind of camera angle that people love that kind of stuff when they can see you juggling pedals and whatever. Yeah, so when I when – I, it's funny because we looked at my my very first sort of streams and compared to what it is today and it is worlds apart. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. put it bluntly, like when I first started, I, I had the worst of the worst gear, you know, all that sort of stuff. And and basically I learned from other music streamers because it wasn't just – it was no longer just a musical performance. It was a – you're putting on a show and you only have 20 to 30 seconds to capture that viewer before they go eh, and go to someone else because, yeah. you know, they want to they wanna see really high quality stuff. It's the same on YouTube. You go to YouTube and you can get the difference between a production level video and a, a mobile phone video. Most people are going to listen to the production one because yeah. it just looks aesthetically better. So it's the same thing on Twitch. I've, I've yeah, added different things. Like you said, I've added a camera that looks down at my loop pedals and all my loop pedals and stuff so that people can see what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I often get a lot of questions from other musicians like, oh, how are you doing this? And I'll explain how it works and what loop pedal I'm using and things like that that just, you know, keep the conversation rolling and and keep them captivated. Cool. Um, Do you think that this has set you up? Like obviously you can't um, perform live at the moment, but you're practicing all the time Mm -hmm. in a way that's live, like you've got an audience, yep. is, it, is it transferable or is it's quite different when you're actually playing to people that are in front of you visually and jumping around and, and whatnot? Or do you, you, you think it's the same sort of thing? Funnily enough, I started on Twitch because two years ago, I, I wasn't even a singer. I, I, just, I just played guitar for other people. And all my vocalists move away, moved away to other towns, so I didn't have anyone else that could sing for me. So I went, oh, well, I guess I better do it myself. Uh, but I didn't want to go do live gigs because I didn't feel, you know, up to the standard that I knew a lot of other people in the area were up to. So I used Twitch as a as a means to practice and get better and performing in front of people and be able to, and not necessarily that I'm not seeing them, but I know they're there and I can see a, an actual number. Yep you know, of viewers and I'm performing to these people and I'm practicing and, and whatnot. So when it became time to do live gigs, I had had hundreds of hours of practice on all these different songs in my song list because I'd been on Twitch for, you know, nine hours a week at a minimum performing live. And so when I got to a gig and I was just doing like a three hour set, it was just really easy. Like I, I, I felt really comfortable playing everything. The only difference was instead of looking at a number, I was actually looking at people. It's funny because on Twitch, I find the engagement is far better than it is at a live gig. So if I'm if I'm a musician playing, and, mo- and a lot of musicians will feel this, sometimes you play a gig and you're sort of just like the background noise. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 the ba- you're there to fill the space. Whereas on Twitch, if people are coming into your channel to watch music they are specifically there to watch you play yeah 
good little pat on the back for that one. I haven't been in a band for a couple of years now, but there's only ever a certain percentage of a, a live venue room, unless you're the headline act, obviously, and you've got your own draw. Mm-hmm. You, even if you're not pure background music, there's only a certain percentage that are really going to be into what you're doing or have any interest in it or any energy for the fact you're doing anything whatsoever. I guess you're exactly. kind of, just by the nature of the platform, the people that stay for anything beyond 20 or 30 seconds, as you were saying, they obviously have an affinity for the music style or they wouldn't hang around. Absolutely. Like having and, and it is. Friends and acquaintances. You've got sort of acquaintances that float around and whatever, but your friends are the ones that are going to actually sit there and, and watch you like from a musical perspective as opposed to you just being ambience in the background. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I'm assuming that there is a kind of destination element to it that you've got regular people that watch as often as maybe they yep. can, but is there any algorithmic engine happening or anything that's actually directing people to you that maybe watch someone similar to you? Does Twitch operate that way or? In a way, yes. So that's probably the only downfall to Twitch. The discoverability on the platform is not great because it's very much the more viewers that you have, the higher up on the list you go. So let's let's say you go into the music and performing arts section, you open it up, it will, by default, and you can reorder it, but by default it will go people who have a 1,000 viewers at the top and people who have two viewers down the bottom. So people really have to go looking through that. So it's definitely something you work at to build a community that's, like you said, you get those those regulars rolling in all the time and all of a sudden your, your stream bumps up. And they also do have a recommended section on the left. So left, so it says like recommended for you. So if you're following people that are in the music performing arts section, you're following that category. When you go onto Twitch, it'll go, hey, here's somebody you haven't seen before, you know, have a listen. And lately, over probably the last six months, really, I've been getting a lot of people say, oh, my God, I came here through the recommended section of Twitch and I'm really glad I saw you with my recommended stuff. Can we just stop for one second? That's the thing that I find the most as a former musician, and we were in an obscure genre, progressive rock, but no no one ever had the a method or a way to tell you how they found you. It it, it never existed before. You would have to yep. you would have to basically pry that from their you know, their dead hands as to how how did you turn up at this show we've never met before. Yeah. But the people on what just the thing that just from tracking your Instagram, people do that. I guess it's just an internet thing. I'm here because of this person or I I came here because I found you on whatever or someone mentioned you on YouTube or whatever it is or Twitch. Like that's just Mm -hmm. blows my mind. It's a a form of people over, well, I shouldn't say overshare, but because there's not a visual element necessarily there for them, I think people are much more open with with it sharing of information about how they they got to a point. And I guess in person, if I was to come to Chris and say, and be really in your face and say, I know who you are because Mel told me who you are, that would be a weird conversation in person. (laughs) But I think because you remove a little bit of that social stigma of being maybe too forward when you're typing a comment because you're not in someone's face. I mean, you have the option as a creator to read it or not. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It just amazes me because... As an artist, that's always the type of thing you wished that any fan that you had of anything you were doing was more open about. Like, how did you discover this band and then that band and then our band? 
but you, back yeah. in the day, you never got that kind of insight into anybody. Which makes it difficult too to understand what you're doing right. Exactly. That's what I'm. That's basically the end result of that is you really don't know what it was that you were doing. Like it could have been the fact that we had cool music or the fact that our singer was this really attractive Latino dude. <laughs> like you don't, you yeah. don't know. Like you, we never knew. Like people, that most people would say that's why they were watching us, but because <laughs> you're Latino, yeah. But you really wouldn't. Like no one would ever be just that blatantly honest, just with a short quippy. I'm here because my mate dragged me along and he discovered you through X or Y. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So Chris, you were saying that um, you'd never sung before, mm-hmm. and you just st- started on Twitch as as your platform to practice. And where did the songwriting come into that? So you were playing in bands before and then you were doing your, your singing. Were you already songwriting before you started singing or did it sort of come about organically through the process of you just sort of being there in your own little room twitching? Good question. And that would have taken yeah. me three times longer to ask. Good on you, Mel. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> I think like I'd written many um, musical pieces myself and, and lyrics-wise I'd never been – because I'd never done it before. It's just something, you know, obviously the more you do it, the better you get at it, like anything else, practice, practice, practice. But, yeah, through Twitch it was just it, – it, it was just like the next progression. I'm a kind of person that if I start something, I want it to continually progress and, and, and move up and, and I can do new things and, you know, I'm always looking for what can I do next, what can I do next. And performing and singing and I was enjoying it, I was like, okay, cool, what can I do next? Okay, songwriting. So I started mucking around with a few different things and wrote some absolutely terrible songs. <laughs> but, you know, what they say, the more per- terrible stuff you write, eventually you start writing some good stuff. And then, um, yeah, obviously I wrote Not Crazy, which was um, very – that came out easily because it was about me. You know, I think it was a personal experience sort of thing. So it, it just became – like I just put everything out there and said, okay, what can I do with this and wrote it all down. And when I looked at it, I was like, "Oh crap! I got a song here." Like, <laughs> like it just it just happened. So and was the ori- so, sorry was the original music something that you set out to do, or were you just trying to build skills playing covers, so to speak, on the platform? Like- yeah, I, th- I think I think eventually I always knew I was going to write songs, but yeah, I, I was happy writing. Oh, sorry, I was happy doing covers and stuff for the meantime, just to just to improve my craft. And um, the, the songwriting side of things, like I said, just sort of just came out because it was just, I think, the next step for me, you know, my next bit. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Stephen Pressfield is, Chris, but he's a good author. He talks a lot about mm-hmm. art. He said that he never knew that he was writing the book until he'd already written the book. And sometimes <laughs> the best songs that you write is when you don't even realise you're writing a song yet. Like yep. it's just a thing that becomes what it is, whether that's from dedication or the muse or whatever you believe. Sometimes really good songs quite often don't have some process. <laughs> they just kind of yeah. it sounds like that happened to you. Like, oh gosh, I got a song here. How did that happen? Well, it's it's exactly the same. Like, I got a new single coming in a week, and I literally sat here at my computer and I was mucking around with the guitar, and you know, I was just mucking around with a couple of chords, and I was like, oh yeah. And then I put the put the guitar down, and my wife said to me, "Are oh, you going to come to bed?" Yep, yep, yep. So I put the guitar down. As I was walking away, I just said one line. And then I turned around and walked straight back to the computer, opened up Notepad and just started writing because I was like, hang on a second, that's a really cool line. And then just wrote. And by the time I went to bed, I had the song finished. And it was just it was just one of those moments that just, you know, you get struck with a little bit of something. And sometimes the best songs are written around, you know, one little key piece of information. 
out of come. <laughs> but you did what some people wouldn't have done, and you actually followed through on that moment of inspiration and actually did the hard work of writing it down. Not just yeah. thought, oh, that's inspiring, I'll remember that in the morning, or whatever the situation, you actually went away and followed through. Because inspiration is not, particu- no, not particularly helpful if you don't do anything with it. <laughs> so. it I, the, the amount of times that I've picked a guitar up and, and done something and then sung a line and gone, oh, that's really nice. And then five seconds later, I'm like, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'll, I'll say a line, I'm like, oh, that was really good. And now I can't remember what I said. Damn. You know, so I, I definitely know what you're talking about there. Sometimes the, the inspiration comes and then it just goes if you don't do something with it almost straight away. So, Mel, you brought up an interesting thing about the original music before. Was that something that your Twitch audience was open to? Were they asking you, because I'm assuming that was the majority of where your musical activities were happening was still through Twitch. And I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you, we've all kind of been forced into doing versions of that now for whatever creative thing we do. But mm-hmm. was it something that people were saying, I love your versions of these songs. Do you have any of your own? Or did you just kind of slip them in when you thought, okay, I've built up a fair bit of goodwill here. I've played two hours of requests. I would like to just slip in my own song. Or do you just play it as though it's not even your song? And then when people say that's great, then you tell them you wrote it, which is what we used to do back in the day playing covers. In pubs. <laughs> so, so it's funny because when I – all most of the support that came from my first original was from Twitch. So when I wrote Not Crazy and I released it, they went nuts for it. it you know, it, it's it, it's streamed constantly. Like I can open up Spotify and see that there's people listening to it like right now and which still blows me away. But it's because it's they – like especially on Twitch, the moment you say you have an original, they're like, oh. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Like, you know, they love originals on Twitch and because they hear covers all the time, obviously, because that's sort of like, you know, how you get people to listen. You know, if I play just originals, it can be sometimes difficult if it's not in that specific, you know, area of music that that person listens to. Well, then they're not going to be interested and they're going to move on. Whereas when I'm doing the covers, I do so many, I do such a wide range that I can capture a lot of different people. And then typically they request my originals for me. Like I don't, I don't ever put my own songs in my own queue. They just request them and I play them. <laughs> it's like a personal investment, though. I think you've built up like the platform where people are around you, and then yeah. they're invested, whether they exactly sort of like yeah. it or not. They're already on this. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Further to that, that's yeah. that's brilliant and spot on. But it's also probably that it's all like the punk rock clubs of New York City, uh, CBGBs or the Viper Room in LA, or it's a new version of being at the in on the ground floor of something brand new. And yep. those people want, you know, the best of the best within that platform to, you know, keep doing well and keep propagating their music out or whatever. But it's also probably semi-selfish as a fan to think, I was there when he was doing his first lot of stuff and I was one of the people that requested an original and it happened to be really good or whatever. Well, the great thing about Twitch is because like you said before about like regular people showing up and you do start to remember people um, by their username and remember that they're coming in all the time, you know, like and sometimes I get someone like a couple of people that come in who were there on my very first ever stream and I still remember their usernames and stuff. Like it's it's crazy. Like I share everything with them in yeah. terms of when it comes to music. Like if I, you know, 
achieve something or I go to the studio, I take lots of photos and I put it up in the community chat and like I have my own little chat channel that we all can talk and everything like that. So I share everything with them, you know, because like you just said, they, they invested themselves, but they're investing in me and with their most, you know, with their highest commodity, which is time. They're in there watching me, coming and watching me on a regular basis and, and doing all that sort of stuff. So I always like to sort of give them back whatever they, you know, whatever I can. obviously your community because I've watched enough of your stuff to know you're doing an excellent job of the actual performance and everything but they are it's good to know that you're actually recognising that people are giving you because when you're sitting there watching something you are opting not to do something else correct it's not like listening to music because you could be doing that running working out you could be driving but they're really just Mm -hmm. dedicating eyeball time to to what you're doing and I remember that the creator of 99% Invisible, which is a big podcast, his, his name's slipping my mind for the time being, <laughs> he said that, I think they had about half a million listeners per episode or something. He said, every mm-hmm. every minute that I cut out of the show that doesn't need to be there, I've valued half a million minutes worth of human time. Yeah. But not not every artist is that. I'm assuming there's people on Twitch that probably aren't as, they don't have that insight that you're actually requiring a fair bit of someone to sit there and watch something versus listen to it. Particularly for someone like me, which has no attention span whatsoever. I wasn't going to bring that up. It's it's true though. (laughs) Like I I sort of can relate to you, Chris, and you go, oh, I need something else. I need something else. I need something else. Like I'd get bored very easily if I was in your situation and not adding more layers on. I'd be just like, oh, yeah, done that. Next. Thanks very much. Yeah. So I can relate to that. But, yeah, it's a big time investment for someone to sit there and particularly look at your head, Chris, even though you're very – no, <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. You're a bit, no, 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 you're a good man. You're a good man. Um, yeah, for someone like me, there has to be something of value on the other end because I will be disengaged very, very quickly and that's just yeah. the nature of me. And the nature yep. of what society is now too with just there's so much going on. So to be able to captivate someone for like the length of time that your streams and that go, you're obviously doing something right. So well done. Thank you. So can I just ask one last thing? Mm-hmm. Just from an artist, like a creative point of view, does improving the quality of the stream, is that as rewarding for you as the creator as it is for the audience? 100%. Hundred percent. There's, like I said before, when in, when you're looking at things, and I look at my very first streams compared to what my streams are now, and it is so wildly different. You know, like when I first played, I had a black sheet backdrop with a crappy camera that, you know, was you know it wasn't nothing was good at all. The sound quality, everything, just everything in general was very poor. But um, you know, over time, I you know sort of changed things up, and I watched other music streamers or just other streamers in general. I'm like, huh, okay. Lots of YouTube, lots of Google. And before I knew it, I was like, okay, I think I'm armed with the information to be able to do what I need to do. The studio area that I have has, you know, three cameras, studio lighting, you know, high definition cameras for, for on my head. And, you know, like, and, just, and just in terms of things, little simple things, like I know you guys can see it in the back and there's some guitars hanging up on the wall and just, just aesthetically pleasing things that people can look at. That's not, like you said, Mel, just my head. Um, <laughs> 
But again, to capture the magpies that come into the stream <laughs> that see something else that, other than just the guy standing there with the guitar, they see other little things. They see things like, oh, is that is that a little pop Ed Sheeran sitting up on your guitar? And yeah, it is, you know, and all those different little bits and pieces, you know. I have a, just a one quick question on that. So you're saying you've got you've got your original people that were invested you with you right from the start, your personal investments into your time. Have you gone back and talked to them about your old streams, like your original ones? Like why did you stick with me sort of thing? No, no, I'm curious because <laughs> I would be curious because I've listened back to like when I first started doing what I was doing as well and it's just ridiculous how, how much you evolve and for mm. them to be there with you from the start, do they notice it as much or is it just they've been part of the process that they just – they're sort of in it so they don't really realise how much you've got better De- without saying that you haven't got better, but you you can look yeah. back on footage and, and say that. But have you talked to them about this? Yeah. So I think there's like a it's, – it's, it's sort of half and half. So the people that are there nearly every single stream sort of just fall into the – Oh yeah, this is things have just been improving over time, and they just sort of yeah. they go with the flow. But it's like if you see a friend all the time, and then you look back at a photo of your friend ten years ago, you go, "Oh my god, you have changed," but you don't really realize it yeah. during that time. Yeah. But if you don't see somebody for five years, and then you see them, you go, "Oh my god, you've changed." Yeah. You know, it, it's very much like that. I got some viewers that were there at the very start, and they just come in every now and again, and they come in, they go, "I just wanted to let you know how much better you have gotten." since I first saw you and how much better the stream looks. That's cool. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome, you know, pat yeah. on the back. You know? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's doing it. things right, you know. That's it, yeah, that's where I was sort of angling with that question. You answered it much more succinctly than I asked it. <laughs> it's a funny concept because what you're talking, I think about, Mel, is just micro-improvements. Yeah. Because I, my friend sent me this dating video which I might include at the very end of this episode. It's me basically dressed in a skeleton mask from about nearly 10 years ago asking for a date right? from, a, from another skeleton. Yeah, okay. There was ums, there was ahs. I was lost for words a few times, things that don't happen to me now. I don't yeah. have any crutch yeah. words. Yeah. But every second word was ah and um. And I'm like, if I didn't do a 1,000 podcasts in the last 10 years, that's how I would still speak. Yeah. Like it was me and it sounded like me. Just even the the pattern of how I was speaking was different over time. That's only because of doing all of that. Yeah. And people who met me now and then, if there was that 10-year gap, as we're talking about a big gap, they'd be like, you don't sound like you at all. Yeah, it's just part of the process. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just, I was just curious on, yeah, on the view of the people that have been there for, from the start and, you, yeah, you've answered that well. It's exactly like a friend, I suppose. Yeah, well, my friends look at me and they're like, wait a second, you used to have a six-pack and now you're fat. So thanks, guys. It's true, though. Cheers, guys. I'm okay with it. (laughs) So not okay with the fat, okay with them telling me the truth. So just to finish up, I guess, obviously, we've avoided talking about it. We're in the middle of a very different situation in the world. If we timestamp this a little bit, April 2020, COVID-19, are you seeing what you're doing, people reaching out to you more than you ever have maybe, Chris, to find out how you've managed to oh. ma- master to a certain degree, a, you know, a presentation style. He is the master now. I know for a fact 
that as soon as this went down, everyone was like, oh, Chris Miller, remember we're good mates, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How have you been doing all this? And before he was just like this little sideline little dude on the side doing his own thing, which I am totally around, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And now anyone else says, oh, yeah, I've been talking to Chris Miller. He's been telling me what I should be doing and shouldn't be doing. So, but, yeah. Well, I just want to make clear, my that wasn't a leading question for me. <laughs> Sorry, I just answered no, it for you because yeah. I know full well that that's what has been happening. <laughs> but you can answer it in a, a much more nicer way than what I did. <laughs> no, absolutely. I've, I've been getting a lot of questions from people. It's mostly um, It's mostly gear. Yeah. questions and you know a little and and then I sort of lead them to the software side of things that helps deliver all of this some people it's it's difficult for them to grasp the concept very quickly mm-hmm. and obviously because it sort of happened so suddenly people need to be fast they need to be uh, quick learners and they need to be able to pick it up and go okay cool yep you tell me what to do and to to a lot of people's credit they have been able to just pick it up and run with it and it's been great. And then there's been some people, obviously, that have just gone, oh, a little bit too hard. I'll just do it from my phone for the meantime and then until everything times over, you know, which is okay too. That's that's perfectly fine. Can but I yes, say I've that been getting a lot of questions. That's a credit to you for being a good dude and a good sharer, I would say, because a lot of people would be just like, nah, if you. I Like, where were you when – like I was doing all this stuff by myself and people only want information when it's useful to to them. And there's actually the amount of stuff that you, the hours that you've put in to build up your knowledge base is massive. Theoretically, you could have been charging for it. And Some people have said to me that I should be, but I don't think, I, I don't think that's fair. Like I understand that I, I put in a lot of time in learning all these different things. Like it took me a good six to eight months before I actually understood how everything worked together and then how to simplify it rather than making it this big giant thing with 18 different programs running and whatever. I just went, how can I make this as simple as possible? Because everything I use for streaming, I use for live gigs. So I've got to pack it down and reset it up every time I go actually do go do live gigs. So I had to make it easy. And then so, of course, when I went to, to explain this to somebody else, I went, right, I can make this really simple for you straight from the get-go. Like I, I think at the moment there's some people that are really in a bad, bad spot. So I, I have a day job, you know. So I work during the day. I do my music at night. You know, that includes streaming and everything else. Like I work on everything else in my own time. There's some people at the moment that they, their, their job and their career is music and to not have – have that medium to go to, I really do feel for them. So that's where I've just said, if you've got any questions, far, far away, I'm more than happy to help you. And I've gone around to some musicians' houses and sat down with them with their gear and their computers and said, right, let's do this. And I sit there for two or three hours running through everything, helping them set everything up. And now they're streaming on Facebook or Twitch or whatever on a fairly regular basis with really nice quality. Because I know that aesthetically people need to be able to have something that they can see in here and it's clear and nice and looks good to keep your attention. Like I understand that more than anyone. All-round good guy, Chris Miller, yeah. right there. <laughs> That's how we'll finish that one up. All-round yeah. good guy. All-round good guy. And for anyone listening at home, appreciate the time that he's put in in the background for you guys and he's, he's worth more money. I'd double your wages, but... <laughs> 
I can't. I'll even double what we paid him to be on this call. Exactly. Woof. Double nothing. Yes. Double that's nothing. What, that's what Dad would say. Double nothing. <laughs> right. Well, thanks, Chris. Can you just fire away those socials again? Because I, I probably completely miffed them at the start of this www.twitch.tv forward slash C Miller music and then C Miller music uh, underscore AU for your Instagram and Twitters and then Chris yep. Miller music for your Facebook. Well, C Miller music for Facebook C- as well. Oh, C Miller. Yep. C Miller. Yep. Everything's, C- everything's C Miller music. At least uh, people Twitter aren't calling you Camilla like they would to me. Yeah. Camilla. It's no, not Cliston, people. people. It's not Cliston. Oh, such a bad name, Cliston. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks, Chris. Absolute pleasure to finally. I guess this is as close as we can get to meeting face to face. Can we elbow over the phone? Yeah. Yeah. Let's all hey. elbow. Okay. Right, mate. Well, thank you. And if anyone's wondering, I'll probably include a picture if Chris is okay with just because he described the studio. So if he's okay with that, can I just absolutely? Can you answer this one in ten seconds, and we'll we'll say goodbye. Has anyone ever asked you, are you a dad? Yes. On, on your stream. Do you use any? The, they you, all know. Do you use this angle? No. Okay. Because only people that see the fact that you've actually you've actually got this big thing saying dad in the background. I'm just wondering if people actually yeah. ask you that. <laughs> no, they all they all know I'm a father. It's sort of like my my thing. I go, hey, for everyone that's new here, my name's Chris Miller. I'm a obviously a Twitch famous Australian singer, songwriter, father, husband from from Australia, you know, and they and that's sort of like my opening tag to get people to go, oh, okay, cool. He's relatable. <laughs> He's relatable. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, nice. That's it. Good-looking, relatable top bloke, Chris Miller. <laughs> All-round good guy. <laughs> Righto. Well, thank you, mate. Thanks, Chris. Okay, see you, bud. Thanks very much, guys. So, Chris, you – I would say that you perfectly sold him, Mel. Champion guy. Yeah, all-round good guy he is. If you – well, you you won't get to see him on this podcast, but I'm going to describe him for you. He's I, just I did got, take a screenshot that I'll put in the notes. He's got a really friendly face, and that friendly face transfers into everything that he does is about helping other people. And if you've just listened in, which you should have. You didn't just skip to the end where we talk again. <laughs> yeah. He's been offering all his wealth of knowledge and all the hours that he's put in so that he can just help others that are in this shitty time at the moment that we're all not loving and sharing his skills like him. Pretty amazing for a solo performer that part of why you do something solo is to take expectation of having to do things for other people off your shoulders. Yeah. He's taken up the reins of helping people wherever he can, local or otherwise, I'm assuming. I fully am aware and I mentioned it is – that he was the go-to person in the Aubrey-Wodonga region. You he, kind of may have embarrassed him too when you said that. Well, he had this little niche thing going on that I think people weren't aware of so were maybe intimidated or scared of because it's the unknown. But now that we're in this situation where we can't go out and perform and be like interacting with people, he's the one that you want to go to because he's been doing it himself for a long time. And working on the craft. It is strange how certain artists or types of art in, you know, unusual circumstances, kind of the medium and also the performer, if those two things coalesce in the right way, sometimes a new art form can come out of times like this. Yeah. 
and that one's obviously bubbling away online and through Twitch particularly for a long time, and now it's kind of having its time in the sunshine, so to speak. Like It's a very necessary thing at yeah. the moment. Creatives need an outlet, and at the moment the usual outlets aren't available, so we need to, to do something so that we all don't go mad at home. <laughs> Correct. You know what won't send you mad, though? buymeacoffee.com <laughs> slash joshlessly listed. Send me just a little bit crazy with caffeine. Yeah, send me all slightly crazy with caffeine. Go to that website, punchingsideways.com to share the show. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Mel, again, for coming from somewhere else. Thank you. And, yeah, this has been pretty awesome. I was really excited. I didn't know, you know, when someone's talking someone up to you a little bit, my yeah. general reaction as we've talked about our recalcitrant natures. Mm. But he was everything you said and even an even nicer guy than what people have told me, which was, yeah, that blew me away a bit. A little fun fact that you didn't know about, he can do a backflip, which I think that's why I was invested in him. So I'd, I'd found out this backflip thing beforehand. So probably I wasn't as invested in the music as I was the fact that he had an acrobatic ability. So which that, makes complete sense. Yeah, Exactly. Push me down that area. He's a really nice guy, guys. Get onto his Twitch stream and just get around him because he's helping everyone else at the moment too. So yay, Chris. Yay, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, Mel. Bye. Bye, Mel and Coffee. See ya. Ah, oh, creepy whispers. <laughs> You're like, Bye. Hi, it's uh, Josh here. Um, so I haven't really been getting out much lately. And uh, I think I had a few issues with my skin and I was feeling like I was lacking a bit of confidence. And uh, yeah, I started to get a bit thin on top. And it's all started going downhill. So I'm just looking for a lovely skeleton lady out there that can, uh, that can get down with me, that likes to dance the night away. And uh, yeah, if that's you, Let's do it. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.